There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello. And we're back to another episode of Chase Down Block, a Another edition of the Chase Down Block here on this very program where I'm still the aforementioned Chase. I'm just coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ got a full class at full cast. Full class. We're not a class. I guess it's kind of a basketball class. A full cast of awesome, awesome NBA writers, analysts, and thinkers on this very program. Corbin Ford of Ramball Ramble, Swish Theory, and everywhere else is back once again. Corbin, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be talking about some great folks. Ready to get started. We are going to have fun. Great to have you back, Corbin. And also here as a weekly staple as well, the great Kenny Spence of Playoff Foul. Kenny, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm dedicating this episode. And you can pretend I got a, a glass in my hand. I'm <laughs> toasting. I'm dedicating this episode to Nikola Jovic. Mm. Tonight, career high 24 points against the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Hey, man, I don't got too much more to say, but... Big blowout win for my Miami Heat. Let's go. He's back in. He's all the way back. The Heat are fine. The Heat are coming. <laughs> the Heat are good. Uh, also here of Odd Shark, Raptors Republic, and so many others over the years. The great Chris Walder. Chris, good evening, sir. How are you? Doing good. I'm going to dedicate this episode to <laughs> that new Madam Web movie, uh, which is getting just trashed online, and I kind of want to see it now. My whole Twitter timeline is just this movie is god awful, but Chris Walder paying ten bucks for that. You are oh boy! I, if later I got something to tell you, I heard from a friend who already seen it. <laughs> just a thought, just a thought. Never a good sign that it comes out no with spoilers. no fanfare and on a Wednesday in mid February. Never a great sign. I didn't think it was a real movie. The trailer is wild. Good folks, go check it out if you have not already watched this trailer. But it is indeed a movie that exists this week that yeah, I, um, I, a bad movie. I might go see it too 
See, there you go. Maybe that's the that'd be great. It's just a box office banger because everyone's just so <laughs> curious because they're like, what is this? I just I have to see this uh, morbid curiosity here a little bit. But also the Regal app or the Regal monthly uh, thing my wife and I have top notch. If You go to more than one movie pays for itself. It's fantastic. You go the feeling of going into every movie and it, you just see the 99 cent thing for the tax fantastic you feel like you're you're you feel like you're cheating the system every time it's it's uh it's a great thing i i, I miss um what's it called uh what that i had for years in my mid-20s that went out of business that everyone was like i don't know how this is a sustainable business model and it's because it wasn't and then it closed uh movie pass that's what it was oh yeah the, yeah, yeah. i was trying yeah. to think of the name top-notch stuff it was just one of those where you're like this can't be right that y'all can't be letting me go to 37 movies this month you understand that i'm a bartender <laughs> in my mid-20s in downtown atlanta i have nothing else to do i'm here every day like you you know why i'm here is uh what's what was happening on that front but miss it a little bit each and every day but we will be talking all things nba as we do every single tuesday night on this very program Corbin kicking things off. A lot of Lakers movement uh, since we last recorded the trade deadline came and went. Um, the Lakers did not make any big moves. They added Spencer Dinwiddie to the rotation, um, who a lot of Lakers fans were kind of a uh, little concerned about Darvin Ham's rotation comments and uh, certain guard lineups that he is excited about using uh, with Spencer Dinwiddie. You also lose Jared Vanderbilt for what looks to be the year what does the new rotation and the signing of Spencer Dinwiddie mean for the Lakers to you this year? I mean, I didn't like seeing Spencer Dinwiddie just kind of throw it in. Like he just looked like he mailed it in the last like month and a half in Brooklyn. Um, and so just that attitude, I was like, Oh, that's not great. But obviously um, I mean, you got a guy who real size at six, six, you know, guy who can, you know, run the offense, an average offense, I would say he doesn't have to do with the Lakers. Like he's literally like you go off the bench, right? Which is an upgrade because he's been basically a regular starter since what, 21, 22. So mm-hmm. you have a guy who, you know, doing well there um, is actually pretty well shooting to three on spot up situations. Not good at creating his own shot, um, but hopefully, I mean, not good, at, not good at shooting off the dribble from deep consistently. He's actually good at creating his own shot, but shooting off the deep consistently like like he was in Brooklyn, not super great. But in LA with LeBron, with AD, with even guys like D'Lo and Austin Reeves, you won't be expected, he won't be expected to do as much of that. Um so I mean honestly he's just a guy who can plug in another playmaker, another guy who can put the ball in the basket, a guy who can get north south, um, which some of the Lakers kind of need more of because like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell aren't really that type of player. Um and really it's just LeBron and, a- and LeBron and AD are the only ones with the gravity toward the basket. Um Spencer Dinwiddie can definitely get to the basket. Um and then defensively, I mean listen <clears throat> You hope that he's able to use, you know, uh, some newfound um, intensity to kind of be a good point of attack defender, or at least a decent one. Just stay in front of your guy, um, make use of your length, make use of your, you know, your wingspan. We're not actually to be all defense there, but definitely hopefully better than D'Lo and Austin Reeves. I don't think it's too much to ask for. Um, and a guy who can play in certain lineups alongside, you know, LeBron, AD, one of the two other guards, um, and maybe Ruby Hachimura. Like, that is the goal. I didn't like hearing Darvin Ham kind of talk to what it seemed like would be more three guard lineups. I mean, yes, you mm. could do them, but like, I mean, you could run uh, Austin Reeves, Adilo, Austin Reeves, Spencer Dinwiddie, LeBron James, Anthony Davis lineup. That just magnifies like uh, like Spencer Dinwiddie's a decent defender, but he's not like a great one, and that still puts a lot of stress on LeBron and AD. Um, so I don't necessarily like that, but you can get away with it. Like with his size, you could actually get away with that 
more often than not. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel Spencer will be a great change of pace guard, a guy who has chemistry with D'Lo, a guy who could play alongside Austin Reeves, um, been around the league a while and, and just kind of slots in. Like you could have done worse. Does he fill your biggest need for the Lakers in terms of, you know, more three-point shooting, you know, hopefully another like active playing wing? No, but also close enough that you're not like mad at it. Like it's 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 a pretty decent signing. What do you think, Chris? Do you like this uh, for for the Lakers? First of all, I just want to pour one out for an all-time Toronto Raptor, Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> just along the lines of like Alonzo Mourning and like <laughs> Damian Lillard when Sham Sharani got Ewing? that tweet wrong and, he, and Lillard was like a, a Raptor for like two seconds before he deleted it. Um, no, Dinwiddie's kind of, he's just like a warm body for the Lakers. Also, I want to oh. start like a petition right now that every time a team signs somebody that they mm. don't put him in like this graphic with the two best players on the team kind of <laughs> indicating that they're like a big three. Because I saw Bleacher Report post a photo of LeBron and AD, and then there's Spencer Dinwiddie in the middle. No. Like, here come the Lakers. No. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, get out of here with that garbage. He wouldn't have um, made the big I, three I, for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, they, they did it with Kyle Lowry, too, with Philadelphia, who yeah, we'll talk about later. Man. Like, Lowry and Maxi and Embiid. Like, come on, stop. But, uh, <laughs> no, Dinwiddie's <laughs> – I'm just – look, it's 1130 here in Toronto. I'm just here to hate, man. I'm, that's, that's what I'm here for. It's hate now um, for Chris Walder tonight. Dinwiddie is a fresh body for the Lakers. Like like Corbin said, like he can't really defend, and the Lakers need defense. I don't think offense is really their issue, but Dinwiddie can give them like 15, 20. Like if Delo's having a bad night, like that's kind of what he's there for. He can facilitate, which we've seen in the past, but he's not the acquisition that this team needed. But the problem was is that the trade deadline, those types of moves didn't exist. Like the Lakers couldn't, like their best case scenario was getting DeJounte Murray from Atlanta, but even Murray wasn't going to propel them up the standings in the west dinwiddie certainly won't do that but again he's a fresh body he can play but he's not going to make a world of difference in the grand scheme of things i mean kenny when you look at that too i just i mean it was clear that the rumblings going into the trade deadline was the lakers were not going to make a big swing that Mm -hmm. the certain comments from the team and players involved it was like we're kind of punning like we know that we can't make a deep run like we just did this past year um just we don't have the depth we don't have the roster to do that and then the reports coming out that like this summer they're going to target the third star whether that's Dejounte or trey young who's now popping up a little bit uh there a little bit i mean maybe that's a route they go but i think what would worry me most if i'm a laker fan is you're getting a healthy year from anthony davis a really mm-hmm. good year from anthony davis yeah. and lebron is in uncharted waters like you're kind of taking this for granted where yeah, it sounds great in theory that you will have more opportunity and there less pressure to make a big swing and trade for a third star this summer. But that's also operating on the assumption that you're going to get the same kind of health and play from Anthony Davis next year. And LeBron doesn't hit another age-related decline, which would be natural and expected based on his age. So I don't know. Would you, if you're a Lakers fan, be worried that they're kind of really confident that they can just take that big swing this summer and be better and be back to contenders next year. I definitely would be worried because one, there's no guarantees. And so you you don't plan a season in the middle of it just to hope that in the off season, you get somebody because yeah. as we've seen pretty recently with like, for example, KD and whatever it is, you can't really rely on big markets as much as you used to. Cause with social media guys are becoming stars and superstars, no matter what the endorsement mm-hmm. deals are still there. 
And so you can't go into and trust me as a Miami Heat fan, I know you can't just be arrogant with all right. Well, we've done this before, and people love this market. Dude, we we have this advantage. You don't. People just want to go where they can win, and the Lakers don't necessarily look like a team where you can win. Another thing that's under the radar, um, you may have touched this on a little bit. LeBron has been very, like, kind of, and I don't know if you're supposed to do it, but there's no guarantee he's going to be back next season in yeah. LA. So I think just, and again, with the Anthony Davis thing also, uh, just, you do take advantage of him being healthy, but the Lakers may be in a little bit of trouble. I'm not going to make that prediction. I don't make predictions generally, but I think they are being a little arrogant about this. And they should have definitely swung a little harder at the deadline because with Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, there you you kind of have no idea what you're getting out of him. <laughs> you just kind of yeah. have to see it. And even still, like if he is good offensively, you don't have Jared Vanderbilt not to cover up for him defensively. Uh, it's the he has the D'Lo reunion, and that's cool. But D'Lo's been really hooping lately, so where his attempts going to really come from like it, it there's a lot of questions with this laker team and i think they're a little arrogant with what they think the answers may be i am very curious uh to see how it plays out but i think if uh i mean corbin you could speak to this we were up the lakers portion of this does this does this all check out to you that they did operate a little bit arrogant and that they will end up regretting not taking a bigger swing here uh with this with this group i kind of heads because on one hand i agree like i don't i don't know arrogance in terms of like we're the Lakers we can get anyone like I'm sorry between 2015 and 2018 like Laker fans <laughs> like to disagree uh, um like that was the thing at the same time like we all admitted there really wasn't a big move this mm. trade that like for like I wouldn't yeah. have thrown an extra pick for DeJounte Murray like you know what I mean like yeah. I, in my mind this force is just, the Bulls to do stuff like the Bulls no. have <laughs> not traded a player also, in two years literally have maybe, not traded a player in years in two full calendar years yeah yes. exactly but, like, maybe I would have done it for, like, Ask Caruso, like, if he was part of a package of players I'm getting back, throwing the pick. But, like, I'm saying for, like, the asset that you have, it's pretty decently valuable. And the yeah. players that are available for said asset, like, it just didn't make sense to me. So, honestly, I feel like it's damage control for the Lakers. It's easy mm-hmm. for them to say, hey, we, we, yeah, we had every intention to make it a move. It didn't happen. We failed. No, of course they're not going to say that. So, of course, they're going to go, hey, you know, we're going to offseason. We got all this. We got three draft picks. Like, we'll be ready and loaded. That, that, in, and in a way, I guess that is true, and that does come across a little arrogant, but, like, the alternative is admitting, like, hey, we wanted every opportunity to go for things, and it just didn't go out for us. Um, And I think that's just the situation. So I don't know if it's – I mean, we'll see how it works out for them, but honestly, like, I'm not mad they didn't make a move. There really wasn't an impactful move to be made. Like, there was nobody out there. I'm looking, okay, that propels the Lakers over the Clippers. That propels the Lakers over the Nuggets. Like, there just wasn't. Not in this yeah. trade deadline. Maybe 2022 or something, maybe 2025, but not 2024. So – I think that's kind of where they were. That's that's the hand they were dealt. I'm excited to see which NBA team takes Bronny in the lottery just to put pressure <laughs> on the Lakers and LeBron of like, hey, like Detroit, take him at one. Take Bronny at one where you're like, what's the worst that can happen? LeBron says no. Like really push LeBron to the test of like, how much do you want to play with your son? You're coming to you're coming to Detroit, buddy. You're coming to Charlotte, buddy. Like that's that would be an unbelievable flex i'm hoping a team does that it's uh something that i've been thinking about it's like someone should over pick La- uh bright uh brawny and see what lebron does like that would be just an all-time great troll job be like Are you sure ATL. ATL mm-hmm. won't do it. <laughs> i mean that's not a I, look lebron and dejounte i would the tickets a lot i mean i might move oh, back yeah. to atlanta like i might like lebron for a year 
What? That'd be amazing on my team. Yeah. I, no, I don't know but- if you've seen the Hawks lately, but the Hawks aren't good. Uh, the <laughs> Hawks aren't going anywhere. That's fine. Give me LeBron. What are you about to say, Kenny? Yeah, so hear, hear me out, though. Mm. The Cavaliers are messing up the greatest story ending of all time by being good this season. Ooh. Because if they were bad, they could have punted it, (laughs) picked up Bronny, got Bron back. He ends his career there. Like, it would have been amazing. But they've been kicking ass. So it's like, hey, what can you do? Just a bad luck all around (laughs) in that organization, winning basketball games. (laughs) Um, Kenny, is Brandon Miller making the rookie leap for you as a – but just a player and more of what you thought uh, he was going to be coming in. And does he look like a, a better player long-term than you had previously anticipated? I wouldn't necessarily, because I was very high on Brandon Miller coming into the draft just because of the skill set he had with length. I didn't know he was this good defensively, <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest with you. But yeah, he, he's, um. so the Nuggets, not the Nuggets, we were talking about the Nuggets before. Uh, so the Hornets, they have kind of cleared the way for him in a sense. Mm-hmm. The Terry Rozier is gone, which I had no idea he was so beloved in Charlotte. But he's gone now, so the shots are there for Brandon Miller, and we've kind of seen him really start to take off in that sense. And also, they bring in Seth Curry. They bring in Grant Williams. team Players who I won't necessarily say have winning experience, but they haven't been playing for the Hornets this whole time. Yeah. So it, they, they're a little more serious now. They won a couple games. Um, Mitch Kupchak moving to an advisory role. That's huge yeah. for the organization. <laughs> Definitely huge. So they're setting Brandon Miller up pretty nicely. Uh, but the way he's been playing has been incredible. Like three-level scoring already. He's very ahead of schedule on that. Like I said before, the defense, the playmaking is something I also didn't know he had. I know his assist numbers. He's not averaging seven or eight assists. But just watching him, the quick decisions he's making out of there on the floor is really impressive. And so – I definitely think it, it, it's, it's it's interesting to me, and my co-host actually said one of those things. When this also usually players run into a rookie wall where like they kind mm-hmm. of struggle around this time of the season. Brandon Miller's just looked like an All NBA guy. He's not going to yeah. get there because that's not traditional. But he's been playing like one the past couple weeks. I also think the Hornets kind of like we talk about like we look at different organizations and where they are mm-hmm. and uh, like what kind of upside they have, like. The Magic, for instance, like the Magic are good. They've made the leap. They're going to be a playoff team. The Magic have one right now potential top perennial top 20 guy. Mm-hmm. Like they've done a lot right. Like the Magic have built the right way. They have added a bunch of length. They're a fun team. But a lot of guys that just are not going to move the needle like a not they're just it's Palo. And then, I mean, unless you're just a huge Franz guy uh, as a top 20, I don't see Jalen Suggs being a top 20 guy. You look around the league and you're like, okay, or look around them, compare them to the rest of the league. It's like just not a lot of first team, second team, all NBA potential. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the Hornets who've done so much <laughs> wrong over the years and you're like, LaMelo, there is a path to him still being, if he's healthy, a top 20, top 25 player in the league mm-hmm. perennially. Brandon Miller looks like a perennial top 20, top 25 ceiling in the league. Mark Williams is awesome. Like I, oh, yeah. I like he's a long-term anchor at the five. That was a great pick. You're going to have another high lottery pick this year. Like the Hornets are still in a, I, like it might sound crazy, but you get the right GM in there. But for me, I would still say the ceiling for Charlotte with this group, uh, Chris might be a little bit underrated. And I think Brandon Miller and LaMelo and company, that's a still a solid core foundation. If you can, keep those guys happy and surround them uh, with some, some 
good veterans like Grant Williams and Seth Curry. Like I, I don't think it's as dire as some people might uh, think from the outside in Charlotte. Well, the the Eastern Conference is getting better, and like in mm. general, like the, the wing positions are just loaded with talent. Like Brandon Miller yeah. needs to be like a yearly like 22, 23 point guy, seven rebound, four assists, continue to be like a, a decent shooter. Which I'm that, that's like one skill I was kind of worried he wouldn't be able to carry over from college, but he's still connecting on like 37, 38 percent from three point range, which is I good think for he'll him. be fine there. Yeah. It's just with, with Charlotte in general, they've, they've botched so many of their draft picks in the past, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the reputation that they have. And even the one that they absolutely nailed in LaMelo Ball, he can't stay on the court long enough to really yeah. do anything with Charlotte, unfortunately. And like you alluded to, like they do have some nice pieces right now. They're bringing in some vets to kind of work with those guys. But at the same time, like they're not like it's going to take a while before they match up with like even a team like Orlando, because Orlando has a mm-hmm. good history of like connecting on those draft picks. And when you're a re- rebuilding franchise where signing free agents is like next to impossible you have to do it like orlando is doing and just connect 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 on those picks and i'm still very hesitant on putting any sort of stock into charlotte i'm personally happy that brandon miller is playing as well as he is because this rookie class in general has basically just been a two-player show with Mm -hmm. Wembenyama and and chet holmgren who was again was another class altogether but at the same time, you know, I root for him. Charlotte, again, they're just, they're still a ways away. Like the Bruno Caboclo quote, like two years away from being two years away. Oh, man. Bruno Caboclo. That is a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> um, not that Rafael Arojo. Arojo? Uh, was it Arojo? Rafael Arojo. Not that he has anything to do with this, Corbin, but I just wanted to throw a Rafael Arojo <laughs> name in some former Raptors. I didn't have a transition there. What do you think? Which way do you lean with Brandon Miller and Charlotte? You know, I, I started off kind of really not low on him. I just kind of – I wasn't as high on him as I am on Scoot, right? And obviously, like, mm. guards, NBA, and all the things. Like, the verdict is still out. I'm not going to just throw in after, you know, middle of the season, like, oh, it's worse. But Brandon Miller has definitely surpassed my expectations. Um, Like Kenny said, like Chris said, like, he's been really productive, you know, and he's been – I love his shot-making ability. He's – as I've been watching basically every Hornets game, and he's, like, grown in terms of his ability to create his mid-range shot. He had a game um, – a shot against Indiana yesterday where he was able to, he got a mismatch with Miles Turner, kind of did like a smooth left to right crossover. And then as Miles Turner was kind of, you know, getting back to react that, he pulls up for the smooth mid. He was smooth. It was nice. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't something he was doing at the beginning of the season, right? And honestly, I guess in the scouting reports, it's something, a mid-range game was something he was really strong on going into college and then just kind of disappeared. But it's coming back. And not only that, his creation, um, which still isn't super great, is definitely not, I'd call him like a monitor Wesley Johnson. I'm going to walk that back a little bit. I was definitely way more negative um, than I should have been on him. He's uh, a whole gonna... lot better than Wesley Johnson. Uh, most definitely. <laughs> I, at the time, I was just mad. It was it was some, it was just disgust. I don't know. I was like Chris. I was on I was on hating hours. I guess when I said that. But um, but no. <laughs> Hell yeah, bud. Yeah. <laughs> but he's definitely. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call him Paul George light yet. But he's definitely like in the middle there, and like you could see the higher end outcome being that. But. Yeah, I like him. And I also like, I mean, let me get a moment to shout out because something I really liked is the Hornets offseason moves. I mean, not offseason moves. They're trade deadline moves. Like, mm-hmm. to get anything back for Gordon Hayward was great. To get a young guard and train man, um, Vaseli Michich, yeah. who's also been really good, um, has been helpful. Um, Grant Williams has been solid. Obviously, it didn't work out in Dallas, but it's really working out here now. Like, they have balance. They have competent NBA players. Literally, the minute they got those guys, I think Nick Richards, Leaky Black, and I, I want to say one other player for the Hornets immediately went down to Greensboro. Like, mm-hmm. they... 
went from starting those guys to like, yeah. okay, you're like the G League, we're good. Like just having competent NBA players is a big thing, but much less having some actual talent there, you know, and guys that fit the role. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Seth Curry with 18 points and a, and a yeah. good win for them yesterday. So like at the end of the day, the Hornets, I mean, they are a little bit better. They're still a really bad team, but they are at least competent. And Brandon Miller has definitely like been a star rookie for this team. I think it's an appealing job, like because I don't think Clifford's back uh, next year, so you'll have a blank slate with coach and uh, GM. And I don't know. I think it's a sneaky. If I'm a up and coming uh, coach and GM, I think this would be an interesting opportunity here. And I think there's more room for growth and success than people might anticipate over the last year. Basically, we've seen from Charlotte. Uh, Chris, do you like Philly more with Heald and Maxi to uh, hold the fort without? Embiid, why or why not? Are you? Th- uh oh, no. <laughs> that's 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 my short and blunt answer. Look, I, I'm already devastated that Kyle Lowry is in Philly right now. Okay, so the <laughs> fact that we even have to talk about this is is breaking my heart. But no, like credit where credit is due. Like Philly is like two and one since they acquired Buddy Heald, and he's been playing really mm-hmm. well. The guy's averaging like 22 points. He's he's shooting yeah. the lights out just like he was in Indiana. Um, but let's look at like the, the win loss record. Like they lost to Atlanta, and it was just a few minutes ago. We said Atlanta is trash; they can't stop anybody, which is absolutely true. Uh, Philly beat Washington. Everybody beats mm. Washington, and there was like a scheduled loss for Cleveland. They were in the midst of like a nine-game winning streak, and then they fell to, uh, to fell to Philly. And mm. you know they almost they almost came back at the end. If uh, I think Garland missed a shot at the end of the game to win it, so you know yeah. they got a little bit lucky there. I just think, like, you know, best case scenario for Philly right now is just treading water. Like, if you can kind of play 500 basketball until Joel, Joel Embiid comes back, and honestly, I wouldn't play him a damn game for the rest of the regular season until the postseason mm. comes. Because I think if you're in Philly's mindset with Nick Nurse and with these added players, I their mentality must be if we can get into the first round, even if it's like a lower seed and we get matched up with, like, Milwaukee, who looks incredibly vulnerable right now, they can't stop a soul – they probably think they could take them in a seven game series. But I mean, again, you don't want Milwaukee in, in round one with a Embiid having missed months at a time, yeah. right? Like, you, you that, don't want that ultimately that. depends yeah. on what type of Embiid you get, right? I think we yeah. talked about this on the last podcast. Like, the amount of injuries that are piling up for a guy like Embiid mm. at his size, that's why we don't see players of his stature play well into like their, their 30s at like a superstar level. So that's why we mm. were always saying, like, maximize this season because you don't know how many great years of Joel Embiid are still And when left it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to exactly. be a quick like, change no, for yeah. yeah. I mean, thankfully they have Tyrese Maxey and like he can yeah. be like your number two, like face of the franchise. I like the acquisitions of Buddy Heald. I think Cameron Payne's been like a really nice pickup for them off the bench as well. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the New Yorks of the world, the Orlandos of the world. There's not a lot of breathing room right now between Philly and like Indiana. Miami always makes late runs and uh, at the end of the season, you know, depending on how much they care about the their seating, they never seem to do. So <laughs> yeah. right now, Philly, like it's a, it's been a good start. The endorphins are running after making these trades at the trade deadline, but is it sustainable? Probably not. Love seeing Heald run around though. That man was meant for this kind of offense. The man he was meant like his motor. He's meant to play forty minutes a night in a Nick Nurse uh, scheme. The man is uh, he's like I I'll find a shot. Like I only need like a millisecond to get this three off. And if it's off, then hey, I'm yeah. gonna bounce around and find the next sliding doors three point opportunity. But no, but he has a lot of fun th- thus far. Mm-hmm. I do think uh, speaking back to 
the beginning about um, Kyle Lowry and his impact. I, I don't think there's a new big three in Philadelphia, but hey, he might he'll be okay. Like it's he, you, you don't need him to do a whole lot uh, once Embiid and company get back. But yeah. uh, what do you think, Kenny? Was that enough uh, bringing in Heald and company to survive to weather the Joel Embiidless storm in Philly? So I do love the idea of Tyrese Maxey and Buddy Hill in transition. Mm. And that's kind of it. That's all I love <laughs> about that team. I will give credit where it's due, though, and Chris knows this for sure. Kyle Lowry is a bit of a psychopath who loves teams who where, where all their weapons are down. And yeah. he just tends to become like all NBA Kyle Lowry again in those cases. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's enough. I think what I think the thing that we can't really overlook is, and it seems like a very small thing. Philadelphia is head and shoulders above the rest of the league as far as free throw attempts. Hmm. And I'm not going to say that's why they win their games, but it is a big deal to have a team in foul trouble pretty much the whole game. And Joel Embiid is a huge part of that. So now you take that away, and you're kind of relying on Tyrese Maxey, who has been incredible, well-deserved all-star this season, but he's still kind of new to this. And he hasn't had to be a number one just yet. And then Buddy Hill does a lot of relying on shooting, which no matter how good you are, there is variance to it. So I'm not really necessarily buying them as like a team that's going to make a run. But like we said before, they're going to they're going to have to just kind of tread water until Embiid is back. Corbin, what do you think? Do they tread water? Does it all work a little bit better? Is there another level uh, to this Philly team that can uh, keep this going? What do you think? Yeah, I think tread water. I think it's going to be a lot like uh, the Brooklyn Nets last year post KD Kyrie, you mm. know, where the team is demonstrably worse, right? Um, mm. But they have enough talent. They have enough talent. Demonstrably worse just because of the quality of player they lost, not because of the talent around them. But, like, it's a drop-off, right? They'll probably win just enough games to kind of say they're going to lose a lot more than they did. Um, and depending on what Embiid you get from the playoffs, like, probably going to be a premature exit, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, it's not premature, I guess, if we already see it coming, right? <laughs> I just, I mean, I think people would be surprised, like the casual NBA fan, to look at the standings and be like, "Oh wait, whoa!" The like the the cat the the Cavs are thirty five and seventeen now. They were uh, they just lost their last game, but they won nine of their last ten. Um, Bucks, even with their issues, they're thirty five and twenty at that three spot. The Knicks have obviously, when they're not getting hosed by uh, some phantom fouls late in games, that they're uh, they're really hard to beat um, night in night out. Like the Sixers have to be careful with their seating um, and where they're at because. There, I mean, you just don't want the Bucks in round one. You don't want a team that's as desperate and has uh, the best player in the series, potentially, in Giannis, and be expected to beat that team four times, even if you feel pretty good about it. You'd want to avoid it. I think if you're the Sixers, because right now you're in that Knicks spot, I think that's probably where you want to be. Um, you want the Embiid-Hardenstein uh, matchup if you can get it, uh, because no uh, Robinson the rest of the way. So that's probably where you want to be. You want to hover around that fifth spot. But you get down there a little bit more, you're in dangerous territory. You don't want the Celtics, obviously. Cavs, I mean, it's not the best matchup, but I think that's maybe doable. It's a lot more pressure on the Cavs than the Sixers. I don't know. That's an all-time pressure series, though, right? With Donovan Mitchell's future and everything else. Cavs, Sixers in round one. Someone has to lose that, and I don't think that would be uh, all that great for the loser, but uh, we shall see. Corbin. Were the Suns a sneaky trade deadline winner with their additions? I mean, we can throw Thad Young, I guess, in there now, but uh, also with DFS and kind of completing their five man li- uh, their five man rotation here or five man lineup. Ah, uh, no. I mean, okay. I mean, were they, were they, I mean, <laughs> no. like, I like, I like him. I, I'm glad. Listen, Thad Young keep getting them checks. You know, like I'm glad <laughs> he's there. That you know, reliable guy, right? Like, 
I mean, I don't expect him to get a lot of playing time, but like he's really good. Um, Another bad as, t- as a pro. player. He's really good as a pro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not, he was not good. No, no. But the worst yeah. at 2K player. I'm a, just I'm the, all the skill sets bad for 2K. Yeah. yeah, it just didn't work out. But like mm. he's there. Dorian Finney Smith, I mean, he's solid. I just don't know how. Again, it, this Suns team to me only goes as, as far as like the big three go, right? Like the pieces I meant around Royce O'Neal, by the way. I said Dorian Finney Smith. I, mean, I, I, said, I said the same thing. I don't even yeah. know why. I'm sorry. I yeah. meant Royce O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. Dorian Finney Smith, shout out to him. Bro. I was like, when did DFS become us being excited? I know. I, I, I know it's I know it's late and I'm tired and I yeah. was like oh, I, I was like I was typing that in and I was like there. wait a second I'm at Royce I'm about to I'm, say I'm tired yeah. too because it's not even ten o'clock my time let me <laughs> down a little bit over here but but no Royce but like even then no it's only I mean listen if those big three aren't like good right like those guys mm. are solid like a uh, uh, Grayson Allen solid like a Yusef Nurkic is solid but if you don't have you know your big three, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and and Kevin Durant. And by the way, Bradley Beal left uh, this game that he's playing right now against the Kings early with a hamstring injury. So, you know, oh uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, like, if those three aren't healthy and playing well, like, it won't really matter. You know what I mean? Um, I think that Royston is a solid player, another capable defender. But, like, he's he's not a big difference. He's, he's a solid guy on a good team. Again, the, the talent he's with, it augments his own ability. He's just on for half mm-hmm. a season on Brooklyn. It, did you really no like you know what i mean like and i'm not even being disrespectful i'm just saying like he's a solid player but it's going to be on those those other guys anyway so like i think they have what they have and all they need right now is health will they get that this season we'll see as far as positive additions yes i agree whether you have a, a veteran presence in thad young or a solid three and d guy in royce o'neill yes like marginally they got better but like Ultimately, I'm kind of ambivalent about their moves. I think all ultimately matters on the big three and their health, and like that's the long and short of it for me. I don't. I mean, Chris, when you look at this, I just think that they have the best playoff that the best playoff rotation of anybody in the NBA. Like, if they're all healthy, nobody can match what they can throw at their top eight or nine, where they know exactly who their top eight or nine is going to be now, and it's switchable, it's versatile, and. I just think a healthy Suns with who they have now, nobody wants. I, I don't think anybody wants any part of this. And I I don't know. I'm very optimistic. I love I love um what they have there. And Corbin in the chat over here, we're talking Denver. No, we're not. Because look, here's Phoenix's top yeah. eight. Devin I Booker, yeah. Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. Grayson Allen, Kevin Durant, Yusuf Nurkic, Bryce O'Neal, Eric mm-hmm. Gordon, um, how many was that? Seven? That's six. No, that's seven. Uh, seven. That's yeah. not the best in the West. And, and here, yeah, I'm sorry. You Once you said Eric Josh Gordon. Kogi, <laughs> no. Thad Young. You're digging your... Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Right here, we're just keep <laughs> turning out these names. I don't know I what like you're talking about. about. I don't I'm know. Glad you like Drew. Eight, you and Drew, that makes two people who like Drew you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> if, if, you, if you stopped at top three, I would maybe agree with you. But you said seven and eight. I like so the Clippers like, better. Yeah, I take the Clippers. Hold on. Do you, tr- do you trust the Clippers top three more than the Suns top three? I t- no, I trust yeah. the Clippers top eight. Like, I'll take the, mm. the top three just because I, I right now they've been healthier. I mean, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is now injured. But, like, the Clippers yeah. top three's been healthier. If you're talking about Paul George, yeah. Kawhi, and Harden. Like, yeah. they've been better this season when they all play that well. I think the only one who stands out is probably Devin Booker. Durant's been solid, but he's been up and down. And Bradley Beal's just getting into form. He's been battling injuries, whether it's his nose or his, or his hamstring, right? So, yeah. like, honestly, you just take Devin Booker from the Suns and sandwich him somewhere with those Clippers big three. I guess I'd put him over... I put him behind Kawhi and over PG barely, and I guess it's over Harden. But other mm. than that, no, I'm taking the Clippers top eight over the Suns top eight. Yeah. What's your also, favorite? Also, that's a matchup right now. The playoff started today. Oh, all time <laughs> yeah. Bradley playoff moment. Um, it gotta be that playing game against the. Pit. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Like, <laughs> exactly. I think that's going to 2017, but I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I don't know, know. Kenny. Are you? Love, man, but that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you not a Suns believer? Or save me here, because I think that top three in the top seven eight. I, I don't want any part of them. They're a six seed right now. If they're healthy, I think they're the second best team in the West. That's my gut. I, I don't. I, they're top three, absolutely. Mm. But after that, it gets kind of. And Grayson Allen, I think for who Grayson Allen is, has been great this season. Um, but to bring it all back to Royce O'Neal, he's a player who would be amazing on a team that was like destined for the conference finals already and just needed a veteran to make shots mm-hmm. and defend. But for this Suns team, I think they need a little more than that, uh, especially mm-hmm. with considering the health of their big three, and especially a Bradley Bill. If one of those guys goes down at the wrong time, I feel like this team is done. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm not as low on, on, their, on the rest of the guys, but it, it, it's just not enough. Like I said, Grayson Allen's been really good for who Grayson Allen is, but that's for who Grayson Allen is. It's not like he's – they have to face Denver. <laughs> they got to face Denver. They got to face the Clippers. They got to – there's there's teams I just don't feel like they're going to get past. I don't think – even with their big three, I don't think they're just that great of a team. I just can't quit Sun Celtics. That's what I think the finals is. I, I can't quit Sun Celtics. Who's more important to their team right now and for the rest of the season? Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers or Kevin Durant of the Suns? Oh, Kawhi. Kawhi. I think Kawhi. Yeah. Exactly. But and I had a point to that. I had a point there and I it, my brain is so foggy <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just saying, like, no, to, to, like to, to take mm. off the point, like, you know, when you have like these big threes, like and you're talking mm. about death and whatnot, can Phoenix overcome losing a Kevin Durant like offensively maybe because you have Mm. Beal and you have Devin Booker but they also come with their injury concerns with the Clippers you have Paul George and James Harden but you also have kind of like a deeper roster around them too and I think that ever since they've kind of figured out how to run an offense with James Harden where he doesn't need to take 22 shots a game he could facilitate he could be that third option I think Los Angeles is just a few steps ahead of Phoenix Phoenix is the team that could lose in the first round in five games or make it to the NBA finals. That's true. I 100% agree in the volatility on, uh, on that front, but we'll see. I, 
I don't know. I'm just cautiously optimistic about uh, Phoenix. I've, I'm buying a lot of Phoenix stock right now, and I'm I'm buying it on February 13th. Just you heard it here first. Celtics. Don't ask us for money when it just plummets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm don't go to Odd Shark and uh, <laughs> plug that in uh, right after this pot. But yeah, probably is killing it tonight. By the way, just for the record, same game parlay: Suns and Kings, baby. Bradley Beal go. uh, going down sucks for him, but get Kevin Durant some more buckets. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, exactly. Kenny. Mm-hmm. league pass team right now uh for the casual nba fan that we do each and every week here why and why not for the orlando magic for the casual nba fan to jump into them right now so the why and this is probably a little biased for me because i love defense and i love players six eight six nine six ten who can handle and play make that's the why basically um whether it's Jalen suggs whether it's whenever anthony black is playing the defense mm-hmm. they, have, they have one of the best defenses in the league um, Paolo Boncaro, that's pretty obvious. I You mentioned earlier, unless you're a big Franz Wagner guy, I am a big Franz Wagner guy. Mm. And but so how big I, are we talking here? Do you see, like, what, what are we talking? Are we talking second team all NBA potential? Like, I, I'd say, um, if Franz Wagner were to make an all star team, I would be excited enough to understand I didn't expect it, but I would also not be as surprised to where I just can't believe it. Mm. That's, that's that a core guy? Can we call a core guy where it's like you'd be kind of surprised if he made an all-star team? He, he he's a he's a core guy with the context of also yeah. playing with Paolo. Um mm. and he had some amazing moments last season, also, but core guy, I, I don't know. He I think he's maybe like right on the cusp of that. Yeah. But that's the why. The why not? Um they're still kind of clunky. Mm. Um a lot of front court depth. Back court, I'm still kind of shaky on. Um, they are still a very young team, and so there are games where they can easily win and they just make real bad decisions and just end up blowing it. Uh, and I hate to say it because I really liked Cole Anthony when he was in high school, but uh, he's somebody I've been uncertain on his entire NBA career. Hmm. But I, I watch the I watch the Magic sometimes. They're they're cool. That's I think Coach Well. <laughs> Yeah, it goes very well. Okay. I think anytime you can get a team that young to buy in defensively, I think you're doing a great job as a coach. They, they yeah. just, a lot of the losses just come from you. I think that, like, when you look at their depth, too, they still have trades to make, right, Corbin? Like, when mm-hmm. you look at the Magic, they have some moves that they need to do. Maybe it's this offseason. You're kind of just like, these young guys are starting to get a little bit older and you're <laughs> having to make some decisions. Like, and to your point, Kenny, about Cole Anthony, it's like, do you really need a he's more of like at the point where he would help a contender a whole lot mm-hmm. more where it's like, you don't really need a Cole Anthony on a young rising team. Like he's just not one of those core guys and you could sell high and get some good value. Like I'd rather turn that into a, uh, a veteran to help this mm-hmm. group, like another Gary Harris. Cause Gary Harris has been good for them. Uh, but just the Cole Anthony types, I just feel like would be more uh, beneficial on a contender. It's like a swing guy. And um, in that kind of Monty Morris role, uh, for Denver and stuff like that. I just feel like that's where Cole Anthony might be better suited because he does have, I think he's going to be in the NBA a long time. Like his <laughs> skill set and everything else, I think Cole Anthony's going to be a long time player. But I don't see the value when you really, really, really need to find out what you have in guys like Anthony Black, um, Jalen Suggs, and Markel Fultz and what you can what you can do. Because I feel like those three are more likely uh, to be a part of this core long term. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that there, I'm surprised there wasn't a lot of moves to make, made. I mean, again, 
there was a big difference makers, but there was pieces I thought within the margins the match could have acquired more shooting, you know, kind of clear up the guard rotation, things of that nature. But hey, they've been playing strong, ride it out, see what I guess it looks like with a full year sample size with most of these guys healthy, getting a lot of games from Marco Fultz, getting a lot of games from a Jonathan Isaac, right? Well, relative to the games they've played in the past, you've gotten more help from Gary Harris, guys mm. of that nature, right? And then see what happens with the offseason. So yeah, they're not, I mean, they made some noise. They, they had a red hot start this, you know, Early in the season, kind of regrets back to the mean. We knew they weren't that good, um, as good as they played early, right? But they're, they're a solid, competent basketball team. There's some real, you know, foundation here. And now it's a matter of, okay, the offseason, doing some pruning, trying to build off of that and seeing what happens. So, yeah, ultimately, I- I'm not mad that they didn't make a move. But, ultimately, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to do something. It's not like this team is just set and forget it. Well, because they're building Toronto South, Chris, uh, with the front office and everything else and their length and athleticism, is this where you're migrating towards as the Raptors go towards the bottom of the East for the foreseeable future and the Magic rise up? Are they your adopted uh, Eastern Conference team for the next couple of years? It's too soon, man. We're not talking about that right now. We're not, <laughs> don't, don't, bring, don't bring the Raptors into this with this like 6-9 philosophy which just like completely backfired because mm-hmm. we, we're trading all those guys now. Haven't you heard? Like Siakam's in Indiana. OG yeah. is out in New York. We got Scotty Barnes walking off the court before the game's over, and he's like cr- creating an uproar on on Raptors Twitter and whatnot. So that's our big uh, big selling point. Right things now are going awesome. Team. You're just the the meme. The this Dude, is fine meme. Why do you think I'm wearing a Spurs hat right now? Because Wembenyama <laughs> torched my boys last night with ten blocks in like 29 minutes. What was that like he, uh, watching uh, Wembenyama with uh, ten blocks? Like what what was that like as just a fan of the other team? Uh, what do you I was do? joking. I was like, dude, I I block more porn bots on my Twitter account during a Raptors <laughs> game than he had during an actual NBA game. Get on my level, Wemby. <laughs> blocks are soft with your double digit blocks. But uh, no, he that was crazy. Like I, I know we're completely off topic, but like watching him actually like in Toronto, like seven yeah. foot four, just like getting whatever he wanted. And Jakob Pertl's a pretty good interior defender. <laughs> he looked like such a noob against Wembenyama. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So yeah, it it was a a lot of emotions running through me but to answer your question what orlando's trying to do right now i i, I just looked at the nba standings like I, I think like best case scenario is like you know they get through the play-in tournament they maybe sneak a game from boston or milwaukee in the first round that's pretty much it i like what they're trying to do though with like getting these big bodies like they have a, like a, such a nice front court it's just the mm. back court that's questionable they're trying to like slot pieces in with like Suggs and anthony and i agree like they should have tried to get something for anthony at the trade deadline and, and like a veteran or like you know a wing defender or something like that I think Orlando is just going to come to the realization that like maybe, you know, after the postseason that they inevitably have where it just, you know, doesn't pan out. I think they're just going to go through internal development, kind of like mm. what the Toronto Raptors were doing for many, many years. It's like we know our group of guys. We just need to keep like the chemistry flowing, you know, two, three years of like this core group. Maybe we will find success in the second conference finals or, or what have you down the road. So I think that's probably the, the best bet that Orlando has unless they just like completely you know they get rid of one of the Wagner brothers or whatever and and try and make a really big splash Chris your wild NBA thought of the week is what what have you what have you been thinking about what's your wildest NBA thought this week all right so obviously it's this weekend right that the NBA all-star weekend is this weekend yes. we haven't we haven't talked about anything like that I just, and I know I everyone is an all-star guys. I'm not an all-star guy. I, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It, it has its moments. And I feel like we've been kind of like signaling the demise of this event for many, mm. many years. But I'm calling it right now. 
this weekend is the death of the slam dunk contest. I feel oh, no. like starting next year, the three point shootout is going to start main eventing this day. And I don't I think, think it it's like should, a dead, right. I, I'm not trying to do it as like a shot to like because this is basically a one player event. Like it's Mac McClung. Mm-hmm. Like we're there to see what he does. Jalen Brown, you know what? Respect to Jalen Brown for being like the one all star to actually willingly do this thing. Like I, he could he could go like like botch every single dunk. He could have zero points in total. I don't care. Like mad respect for that guy for actually participating. And I could be, you know, shocked by Toppin or, or Hami, like with the dunks that they do. They're they're trying to hype themselves up right now on social media. They got some tricks up their sleeve. But if Mac McClung bombs, like if he starts missing dunks, you know, that's kind of one of the big problems with this event is that the guys miss like their first two or three dunks, and mm-hmm. then no one seems to care about anything else. It just kind of like sucks the energy out of the building. I totally foresee that happening, unfortunately. And I think not just the three-point shootout, but we also have that really cool thing with uh, Sabrina Iniescu and Stephen Curry, that one-on-one shootout mm-hmm. that they have. Also, Saturday night is about the shooting, gentlemen. Yeah. This is what yeah. the people are there to see. So I think with the dunk contest bombing, you're going to get like another Shaquille O'Neal meme, you know, sitting on the sidelines being <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't have the camcorder like when Vince Carter was dunking in the late 90s when he was putting on a show. The dunk contest, again, it's already hanging on like by the slimmest of margins, I think this weekend is it's death knell. I I love this take. What do you think, Kenny? I agree. I agree. Um, as much as I'm rooting for Jaime Hawkins Jr., um, I saw his high school dunks and they were pretty impressive, but they're not winning an NBA dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, What's the best one you've seen from him? What's that? What do you think he could pull that might be interesting? What's the best you've seen thus far? Uh, in him? high school, he had like a he had like a nice windmill over somebody like. Mm-hmm. Pretty basic these days. He—he's—I don't think he's gonna blow anybody away. He—he he jumped. He's one of those guys who's more athletic than they seem, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna do anything too special. And I—I I, I was never really on the boat of they need to have all stars because I—I pretty much like they're all stars are working on other stuff in the gym. Yeah, they're not really like spending too much time on dunks. I, I get that, but. The incorporation of the G Leaguers, it worked out last season, but I I think Chris makes a great point. If if that bombs or if it's the fate of the dunk contest, I do completely agree, is on the shoulders of Mac McClung. Like because you're not bringing anybody in with these names. And so if Mac like kind of fails, yeah. We I'm, I've been at a point for a while now to where like from '98 to '99 there was no dunk contest. I honestly don't even see the purpose of it anymore. Is it just not for us? Are we just grumpy old men, Corbin? Like, is that what it is? Like, I'm watching like Thunder uh, halftime show the other night. Um, the because th- League Pass, you one of the great things about League Pass is you get the just the, <laughs> the local broadcast and the stuff that you're seeing them do in arenas, and they have the guys like the crowd's not going berserk at all. The Guys who Skyhawk used to do this, um, you know, the running and jump off the trampoline thing into dunks. And everyone's just kind of like, eh, like we've we've done this for 20 years. Like it just doesn't move the needle anymore. And I just I think that's just part of it. But I I think the NBA is really scared to probably pivot and just admit that like dunks aren't cool like this anymore. Like we have to find something else because we have exhausted every avenue to make this interesting but we've we've reached the end here. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're all grumpy old people. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, we're all some of us. I think are still in our twenties, right? Yeah, we're still younger, you know. And even us who are uh, older, just are, yeah, we're, we're all twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, listen, no, listen. I'm, I'm a, I'm a grizzled twenty eight here. But anyway, long story short, mm-hmm. um, no, it just sucks. Like that's it. Yeah. The dunk contest just sucked. Like we're relying on Mac McClung, who like respect his game, respect his grind. You can't even get him on an NBA team. Like they try to save face and have him on like the Philadelphia Sixers, Sixers, like roster like justified like i get that they're including the g league more and i like that but like the way they're doing with mac it just it just smacks it disrespectful to me i just i just don't like that um but like we're asking him to save the contest if i see another vince carter dunk on like a what is like a, a 35 and they just you know pointed like I'm, I'm done you know like i've just seen you know cole anthony representing new york with the with the with the tims and missing dunk after dunk like I, we've just seen it all like like it's mostly been bad right um, like none of this here looks great. Like I, I we're hoping Matt McClung saves it again. I don't think there's anything in saying that. And I think I'm with Chris. Like outside of like literally the three point shooting competition, nobody cared about the skills challenge. I'm sorry, it's yeah. not it's not right. something I'm interested in. I can go outside and do that myself. You know, like look at like, the three nobody... point lineup too. Huh? Look at the three point lineup this year. There's like seven all stars, six all stars this year with Markin and you know not on the yeah. team. Oh, they, and then Malik mm-hmm. Beasley, who could is the best shooter of them all. He's the best like, shooter. It's no, a stacked yeah. lineup. And I would say for the last like five years, like the lineup for that has been much better than dunk contest. Like mm-hmm. uh, five years. No, I think we 2024. Yeah, there's a year there with Zach Levine and or there's a year there with Aaron Gordon. But aside from that, like the three point contest has been better, right? All star game, they keep switching it up. You had the captains. Now it's back to East versus West. There's no targets. Like, what are we doing? So, like, are we just going back to the same glorified exhibition game? Which, like, I'm sorry. I can watch it. At this point, the NBA season, the way the NBA game is, I don't need to watch just mindless scoring and no defense. Kings and Suns on right now. You know what I mean? Or like thunder it, like like NBA games are played every day. (laughs) Like I can watch Atlanta. The point being is, like, the game, whether it's because of the refs or defense, see, now I'm becoming shaking my fist at the clouds. Yeah. But because of the way the game is, like, played now, the all-star game is what? A, a just It's the same game with the best of the best. Yeah. Back and forth, no defense. There'll be some tightening up at the end when the score is, like, 189 to 186 and a new record is set in score. Like, no. No. Would I, I'm NBA excited for the world, celebrity of it all. For the all-stars, would that fix it? No. 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 We don't think so. Because there's not enough, there's it, not enough no. world talent to justify it. Right. Exactly. You know what, though? Yeah. Corbin does make a great point because any Indiana Pacers game this season has been way more fun than any All-Star game since, like, 2001. Mm. So, <laughs> I mean, Tyrese Halliburton's just throwing it off the glass, doing whatever he wants and finding yeah. guys in the corner. Like, uh, it's a fever dream. The Pacers are a yeah. fever dream every night. Yeah, I, I kind of hate the All-Star game, to be honest with you. We're just, I mean, I think it's also speaks to just the world, the era of basketball that we're in that the three point contest, like it's only natural that that is where all the all-stars want to be, where all the eyeballs are is because when you watch the NBA every night, like you, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's just part of where we're at right now. And elite shooting is what draws the most people in It draws the stars. And it's just cool to see dudes bomb uh, threes at an uh, unbelievable clip. There's a reason that Caitlin Clark is the biggest college basketball star this year is because mm-hmm. when you're hitting game winners from 40 feet and it just making it look easy, like it's just really cool um, to see stuff like that. Stephen so, and Sabrina will be the highlight of Saturday night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Easy. I can yeah. see it. Um, Kenny, 
Are you buying back into the Warriors with this recent? Draymond's like, hey, my suspension actually good uh, because we got some young guys to play. Kaminga make turn in the corner a little bit. Uh, some big wins for the Warriors. Are you buying back in that maybe there's still some juice? Clay Thompson already thinking about his Ray Allen Miami Heat role now uh, with the Warriors. Are you uh, feeling better? Oh, so I am buying in, just not up to Golden State Warriors standard i do think they are a better team than they, than they have been this season and quite a ton of more on their five game win streak recently also five mm-hmm. game win streak uh since draymond green's comeback they've been one of the best offenses in the nba which you probably wouldn't think he's that you you wouldn't think that's the side of the ball he'd affect but he's actually kind of the heart and soul of both ends in that sense just with his playmaking and just being the hub of that offense they're a lot they're a much better team than their record shows um we're still kind of waiting for Chris Paul to get back mm. and see how that's going to look. But him, Draymond, Seth, that, that's a lot of IQ on the, on the floor at the same time. So I think they can figure it out. But again, the standard we hold the Golden State Warriors to is just a little too high for what I think this team is going to be. Can they get to the playoffs and make it a very interesting first round, maybe get to the second? Absolutely. But as far as them still being the dynasty, I think those days may be over. I I just I want to believe because Steph's so good and Clay making that you just feel bad for Clay and the, like yeah. that post game locker room conversation was just real and mm-hmm. I just I I love Clay and for him to have that kind of um, recognition um, in the middle of the season and what's already been hard for him but just that kind of um, understanding about Father Time and where he's at in his mid thirties now and I mean can they do something else and they could have like it goes back to just how they've handled the last couple of years. Right. Chris, where it's like you take wise minute too, like that. This is where those kind of picks really come back to haunt you as you had that gap year and you really had to hit that code to keep this thing humming and you got nothing for him. Not only did you take him, but then he's just not even an NBA player. Like he seems like he's probably someone who's not in the league the next couple of years. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, you look at the depth, they're still Podzimski. Uh, I'm never going to get his name right, uh, even no matter how many Warriors games I watch. He's a hit for them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Chris Paul is coming back in a little bit. Are you are you optimistic as uh, Kenny is here? Kind of, in mm. the sense that, like, obviously they're in the playing tournament right now. Just watch. Like, if they get the seventh or eighth seed, how many prominent members of NBA media are going to pick them to beat Minnesota or Oklahoma city in a seven game. <laughs> I think series. I'm doing that simply because of like their championship pedigree. Yeah. And like Kenny said, like we hold them to such a high standard because when you say the name golden state warriors, it evokes dominance, like the, the amount of championships, the dynasty that they had, albeit most, some of those championships with Kevin Durant. And we are seeing like the fall off of clay Thompson in a sense, Draymond green is, is taking a slide. And that's why these young guys coming in, like Kaminga, like Moody, like Brandon as well. It's like that is the future. That's what your your team is going to be looking like in a post-Curry era, which is happening sooner than you think because shooting can take you far and you you can probably play into his late 30s and maybe 40, but that fall off will happen as well. But like I said, like Golden State is that team that in this crowded as shit Western Conference. Like mm-hmm. again, anyone from eight one through eight, like there isn't anything that I would necessarily consider an upset. 
Golden State is the team, and again, they have to get through the play, and then Los Angeles is in the mix as well. We know with LeBron James. If Golden State gets into the playoffs, man, watch out. You're going to see those ESPN picks showing up, like Golden State in five or six over OKC or Minnesota. Like it, That's just the state of the conference right now. And Golden State, they just need to get in. Just get in and win. What do you think, Corbin? I mean, as long as I don't play the Lakers, I'm, I agree. I mean, Lakers Warriors. I, I think the Lakers still have their. It's funny how like that rivalry's been. At first, like the Lakers would just get wins against the Warriors because the Warriors, you could tell, like in their heyday, were just like hanging out on like you know Saturday nights or Friday nights before <laughs> playing LA. And then like, how did Jordan Clarkson and D'Lo beat those guys? And now like, I think they're just bigger and they've just had their number the last couple of times. So, like, I mean, I agree with could for the most part. Like the Warriors could kind of be a sleeping giant. Um, at the same time, like I think that it still is. Like again, like I said, like a matchup dependent thing. Like this West is crazy. I think you're right. If you're going with like the Wolves or the Thunder, like, yeah, you got it. Like I feel really confident in the Clippers. If you're going against like the Clippers or the Lakers, maybe not, but it's personnel, not just like talent. Like talent, I think they're more or less even, but like the Lakers are better in terms of being bigger and physicality and just that sort of thing. The Clippers like isolation and with their wing guys, like that's hard to defend. Draymond can't be everywhere. And Kaminga and Wiggins, like while they're serviceable and they actually could probably hold up well in, in a good, that'd be a fun series actually. But like, it just, it'd be different. So I definitely, yeah, I, I guess a long story short, I mostly agree with Chris, I, but I, I guess the caveat of it just being heavily match dependent for them, even more so than it probably would be in years past for Golden State. I, Man, that would be fun. Like Warriors, Lakers. I mean, Lakers are a much better home team, I want to say, than road team this year. Mm -hmm. So that's something you don't want to be in if you're the Warriors. But also, I mean, the Warriors are just like they're they are mediocre across the board. I think they're like 500 at home, 500 on the road. <laughs> like they're just like, hey, we're committed to being 500 this year. Um, well, let me ask but hey, this. they got back over 500 for the first time in what, over a month uh, this yeah, week. Yeah. So uh, that's big. And maybe they are turning the corner one five straight. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, my question is, who on the Warriors is going to stick Austin Reed? I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> oh my that was God. my bad joke. <laughs> it's too late for I this. Went, I went full <laughs> NBA Facebook on that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, Kenny, what can the good folks check out from you all across the internet this week, sir? Uh, you can follow me on on Twitter, Kenny Spence NBA. I don't care if you do, though. I want you to subscribe to Playoff File on whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcast, whatever it is. Uh, we took this past week off, just schedules were crazy. But this last episode, we had a real interesting conversation about being patient with young players, uh, with Brandon Miller kind of breaking out, Scoot Henderson kind of fighting himself, Amen Thompson as well, kind of fighting himself. And we kind of also went over like a little briefly went over like the history of great and really good players who started off their careers very slow. So that's what I would say. You can follow me on Twitter if you want to, but I want you to subscribe to Playoff File. Do it today. Uh, Kenny Q, the great work. And uh, go check out Playoff Out as well. Uh, Chris Walter, what about you over at Odd Shark and everywhere else this week? Yeah, Odd Shark, find my work there. I'm contributing expert picks, parlays, the whole shebang in the sports betting world. Raptors Republic, I'm still covering the team, unfortunately. God, it sucks this year. Um, I'm on that Twitter at Walter Sports, Instagram at Walter Sports. Couple of years. Look, it, it I, if I can three, watch the Raptors, five. I can get through Madam Web. So <laughs> shout out to uh, Dakota. Uh, I'm coming. I'm coming to watch that film. I, I love it. Uh, we should do a, a recap pod next week. Uh, how many of us went to go see Madam Webb just out of morbid curiosity? Uh, Corbin, see, there we go. There we go. Uh, Corbin Ford, what about you over at Round Ball Ramble, Switch Theory, and everywhere else this week? 
Uh, listen, you know, just covering the NBA, trying to get jump started this week. Spend a little up and down with the content. But we'll get back to it starting this upcoming week. Uh, I'm going to lean more into the draft, um, cover some more team stuff. And yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. I wish it could be like Kenny and say, just don't follow me there. But no, do follow me there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we can do Ramble Ramble. That would be some love too. But yeah, I'll just t- I'll take one of those. Um, you pick. But Corbin NBA is where you can find me there. There you go. Dalton Connect, lottery pick. Ready for it. Ready for my guy, Dalton, making the lottery. Um, he feels like a Miami Heat guy. I could see it, Kenny. I'm not saying that's where the Heat go, but I could see Dalton actually being really, really fun. Uh, my Tennessee guy, Dalton Connect, being in Miami. We'll see. Who knows? Corbin Ford, Chris Walter, Kenny Spence. Thank you as always, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 